Cat's not here! To touch the soft white milk of your skin, to count every freckle on your nose, to feel the silky smooth drift of your hair over my face, to feel your breath hot on my mouth, I would forget the music of every sunrise just to once more hear you sigh. I would laugh in absolute joy at the irony of the angel who gave away his divinity for all eternity to feel the warm glow of an earthbound love, if for just one single moment. Welcome back to Square Horror. Are you sad enough yet? Because you're gonna be. I was like in the first 50 pages even. Oh, dude. Like, sorry, it gets worse. Have you read the foreword? Like, that's the, the first the two first pages. The first page of the... Yeah. I should probably <laughs> fucking say what we're talking about. Yeah, who are you? I'm your Duke of Spook Danny. I'm the master of Scarabonies. Who are you? I'm their godforsaken annoying roommate, Kevin Dillon Spookamagookums. We don't have a nickname for you yet, but who are you? I'm Steph. I'm Matt's cousin. <laughs> I've been here before. Yes, well, both of you have been here before. So we have. So yeah, we're gonna take a. a we're gonna. Time. We're gonna. On a lighter note, because we will. We will have just finished the crow at this point. On a lighter note. We're gonna get really sad about the the graphic novel that uh, the crow is based off of. Yes. So the I, I don't. So we have yeah. Kevin. We don't have a camera. There's no, no senior holding no. out. Clap so, sake, take two. So so that's Kev, okay. I waved last time I was on, and Danny's like, "This is an audio show." So. You did it again this time. <laughs> I did not do it again. I thought you did. No, I did not. So okay. This is serious time. Okay, sure. serious. It's super okay. serial. Everyone should need to get their goth o's. Yes, <laughs> goth o's is what no, the cereal is. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, no, okay. toast crunch is the cereal. Mm -hmm. You anyway. can fight me on it. It is the superior. The crow cereal. is about guilt. Okay. <laughs> it is. Okay, so J uh, as we'll probably have talked about, um, James O'Barr's The Crow is a is a very good relic of the '90s piece of piece of comic book history. And it, it's, I mean, on the back, Kevin, could you read some of the people that um, praised it? Uh, yeah, James O'Bear and The Crow paved the way for many of us in comics. Without The Crow, I'm convinced that independent comics would be barren wasteland. Stephen Nils, the author of the graphic novel... Uh, that the 30 Days of Night movie, which I'm sure you guys covered. Yes, based we on. covered 30 Days yes. of Nights. And then this one is my favorite one. Yep. O'Bar's intensity frightens me. From a Mr. Clive Barker. Clive Barker did Hellraiser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, shit. And wrote Candyman. Yeah, so. That's right. Yeah, so if Clive Barker says that it, his intensity frightens you, you're too goddamn intense. Steph, how intense on a scale of 1 to 10 would you say this book is? Intense in terms of, like, sad or intense of... <laughs> intense. Yes. Intense? Yeah, just like, is it, I mean... I think sadness can be intense. I'd and say at least maybe an eight. I, well, I would say like a hundred because. Okay, just, I didn't know we were like doing unrealistic. On a scale of one to ten, it's a nine it's, point it's, eight. It's, it's no more, higher it, than a nine it's, point it's, eight. I mean, always there's always room for improvement. Yeah, it could always be sadder. So the reason that I say that is because the crow. I mean, the movie is. It's pretty moving. It's saddish. Yeah. Should I we mean, give a synopsis of it, or we? Yeah, I mean, we'll just generally. I mean, we'll we'll have covered the movie at this point. I guess so, that's true. I mean, the crow. 
the movie. I mean, the, by the way, the, just in case anyone's confused by the language we're using, we're recording this like way before we release it. Yeah, like, <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. We recorded this months or in the in the past. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Next time we do this, we gotta just talk in the present. Yeah. Well, I was trying to, but I didn't want to like if we do a bunch of crow talk like of the movie. That we just like go, oh yeah, we should get into that when we may have already done that. So take two. The Crow is a sad as fuck comic book written by a sad as fuck man about a sad as fuck time in his sad as fuck life. Can you say sad as fuck one more time? Sad as fuck. Thank the you. Crow is very, 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 very sad. And it was written as such by someone who clearly has a depth of knowledge about, um, like, romantic-era poetry, you know, his style of verse is extremely melancholy. It's, it's, it's the epitome of goth. Like, the crow is just... When you think of goth, you should think of the crow. Especially this. Because, man... I want, we'll talk about the forward in a second, and you don't know what we're talking about at Not all, Danny. Not a little bit. So be ready. I said, I'm going just, into this episode completely blind. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit just yeah. about who James Obar is before we start talking about the book itself. Because the book is awesome. Please, if you can, go find it and read it. Yeah, absolutely. We it, have the, the rules. The, um, we yeah. have the. Uh, I believe this is a. This is a re-released special edition, which is which is what I'm reading. Yeah, from, it's uh, re-released in um, 2011. Yeah. Uh, you, it has the Crow special edition on it, and it has a nice. Little original drawing on the cover. Yeah, and you, and you can read it. I mean, I read it in literally one sitting in like an hour. Yeah. I I would have read it, it one without sitting, even realizing. But I had it. to put it down because I was getting too bummed out. <laughs> but the before we get into like how awesome the art and whatnot is, the the reason we're covering this is because this special edition is specifically um, the original, like the first real publishings of the Crow, and it's pretty much what the movie is based on. So the story in this book is more or less the story of what goes on in the movie. Um, it's, you know, Eric Draven's origin as the Crow, his resurrection, and his, you know, path to vengeance. Uh, I don't know what the crew's name, but just against the guys that, that murdered him. They and had his, They had a crew. I feel like they had a crew name. They all have, like, fun, they not have, like, serious names. They have, like, weird-ass, like, nicknames, but I don't yeah. know if the crew they itself They all sound like, gen- like Generation X X-Men characters where they're all just, like... You know, top dollar, and I don't remember Tintin the guy. Yeah, Tintin and Skank, yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> Skank, I think, is one of the guy's names. Oh, uh, Cypher there? Uh, you probably. Yeah. Um, I don't remember fun what Tony Todd... Yeah, Fun, fun Boy is fun his boy, name. Yeah. Fun Bag. Fun Bag. <laughs> Trick or Treat. <laughs> um, so, the guy that wrote it, who came up with the, the idea of the crow, James O'Barr, uh, he, he was inspired by... Uh, a horrible, tra- I mean, we've made a little bit of light of it, but truly a, a horrific tragedy in his life, in the um, the tragic accidental death of his girlfriends. Um, he obviously blames himself a lot because he he writes in this forward that he was drunk, you know, he didn't want to drive. No, it was that he hadn't paid his car insurance. Oh, you're right, you're right. And you're right. he couldn't afford to get another ticket. So they were supposed to go out, so he called his girlfriend, and um, he's like, Hey, hon, I, I just can't afford another ticket. Can you come and pick me up? Mm-hmm. And she was like, Okay. And on her way to him, she got hit and killed by a drunk driver. Drunk driver, yeah. And then it was just the whole, like, 
you know, why didn't I pay my car insurance? Why didn't I call her 10 minutes later? Why didn't I just call and say, you know what? Let's just do this a different night. I'll just walk home or something. Like, it just... So, Dan, by the expression on Dan's face, uh, it's really so you getting get it to you. I'm, I'm starting to feel <laughs> so it. I want you, get you, it I want you, so that's exactly how much I knew about his life before I read the book. Mm-hmm. The foreword the is his, so th- this was this came out in the 90s, I don't have the exact date, but it came out in the 90s, this release, as Kevin said, came out in 2011, and so this is a good, like, 20 years in retrospect, he's gained success with The Crow, you know, he's... he's tried to move on with his life um so when they got him again for this forward uh all he'll talk about is how it didn't make him feel any better oh it, i mean there's a, a bit towards the end where he's truly just like well you know, and then it, he it, brings it, into the movie mm-hmm, so for exactly. anyone who doesn't know yeah. on the filming of the movie brandon lee who played eric draven was actually killed yeah. on set <laughs> in a freak in accident. an accidental, yeah, accidental. Um, prop incident yeah so um so, Which he also addresses in the foreword about how, like, when that happened, that brought all that guilt back. Like, if I hadn't written the book in the first place, we would have never made a movie out and, of it. And, uh, he did an original drawing. He at did. The beginning. Yeah, it, and the book is dedicated to the memory of Brandon Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, so yeah. that's what you're getting into, and the book hasn't even started yet. <laughs> this is gonna bum me out for the day. He did it say that. Um, does. What do you think it did to me when it I read it? Bummed me out for a month. <laughs> but yeah, you were saying. Well, I was just saying how then he, he went on to say that um, Brendan Lee's fiance um, reached out to him about it, and he's like, she was really a, a big, part, like, saving grace and helped him get through it. Because, like, you know, they both had gone through similar experiences, and they both were grieving through it, and she was very touched that, you know, he had, he'd, he'd written this book, and, like, he did this whole dedication thing to him and all that. And, you know, he's like, he, I, think, I think he specifically says, like, she's like, she's the closest thing to a saint. That I think I've ever met in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And sweet. and and this is coming from. He was talking about you know when he. You feeling it, Danny? You're I'm, feeling I'm really it. Really feeling it. Just wait. It's gonna keep happening. Just it's wait. Cool we get, just get ready for it. So you know, and he really talks a lot about um, where he was, you know, physically as an artist at the time when he mm-hmm. did it. Where you know this was his first thing, right? Yeah, I think so. I believe but so. the but I mean the art. I mean Kevin's coming <laughs> through, and I'm like the art is viscerally black and white let me, let me. it is just so bleak and so desolate for most of the time but also at the same time like hauntingly beautiful because all of the flashback sequences that he does to eric and his fiance in life are inverted they mm-hmm. have a white background yeah. they're all very blurry as if looked at through a memory like even just like that's what i was i was gonna bring that up too like even just going with black and white the contrast between how like the present day, it's very harsh lines, very yeah. strict lines, and very like flashbacks type. are very like you know softer lines, like more rounded, mm-hmm. like more light. Kevin, yes, yes, uh, Kevin. <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. It's on a podcast. Guy, <laughs> make sure it's my turn. Excuse me. Um, but well, now that we're talking about the art, I want to read something that's in the forward as well. That's not horrifically sad. It's actually kind of. I inspiring. think this is what I was getting to before. Yeah. <laughs> A note on the making of this book. On the inner sleeve of the credits of the first four or five Queen albums and every single Rage Against the Machine album, the band proudly proclaims no synthesizers were used in the recording of this LP. I'd like to borrow this statement. No computers were used in the making of this book. Everything here is ink on paper. Every lettering is hand done on the original art. Gray tones are now 
obsolete techniques of dual shadowing board and zip a tone. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. I'm not an artist. The point is that he drew all of it. He handled None of this it was digital. This entire like, thing. And yep. again, like that's you know, he was a, a obviously couldn't pay his car insurance. He's a broke artist. Like mm-hmm. he's not. You know, and even the company in- I think he said that published it was like a brand new company, um, or something along those lines. Like, it, it was generally so it was originally yeah. produced. It was originally published by Caliber Press in mm-hmm. 1989. Oh, 89, just yes, before just the 90s started, yeah. which the was what, and I think that the movie is 94. The, yes, and the press was founded in 1989 it yeah. was their mm-hmm. first yeah. major project. so they took a chance on him exactly. with this book i think because like most of the time like <laughs> you'll know more about this kevin like when there's a story behind like a super successful book like most of the things alan moore's done or like that grant morrison's done it's people recognize the passion and like the uniqueness of what a, a writer is trying to do and they'll take like DC was like clearly you know what the hell you're doing like when they basically gave the, the Sandman to Neil Gaiman they're like we know that you'll do something crazy good with this we trust you with this we are like it's that that you don't really see that much nowadays like the trust between an artist and the distributor mm-hmm. to like trust that they'll make I mean we talked about it with aliens yeah like, just the raw <laughs> trust that the artists and or the directors will make something good and successful studios are afraid of not getting a return on their investment so much that they don't take chances like that anymore. And I think with someone like Caliber, where they're so small, you, you all you can do is take chances on people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. I, this this is a, I have a confession to make as the hipster comic book guy. I don't have a lot of knowledge of the history of independent comics. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. It seems very underground. What the fuck? What the fuck? Callaway like publishing even is <laughs> like I don't. I don't even know what it is. But I have heard of the crow. It's not like you know an unknown thing. So well, I think what's kept the crow in. I mean, up until the movie, what kept it in this like cult status in the underground scene, especially with independent comic books, is the lore around it. The, the story behind what inspired this. You know, because you know how many revenge tales there are in comic books, like. The, Most of like, them? There's all of them. Like, every anti-hero has a very similar journey. Like their mm-hmm. hero's they, journey they is pretty much someone, the same. They lost someone, you know, yeah. close to them in their life. And... I think that what makes the Crow special is like it's a two-pronged thing where one, you have the man himself who's doing it is that. He's, he, he, for all intents and purposes, because it's a goth episode, well, there's going to be a lot of metaphor. So he... Pretty much, when he lost his girlfriend, he pretty metaphorically died on the inside. So, very much like Eric coming back from the dead to try to rewrite this this horrible tragedy that he's kept alive by vengeance. When you know James O'Barr's thing is guilt is the you know the one thing that can kill that vengeance because no matter what you do, it's never gonna fix what happened. So. You have that as you know the background that that's the whispers you know the the rumors behind this and that, mm-hmm. and then with Eric Draven himself, you know you can have a antihero like Ghost Rider or the Punisher, or you know anyone you know any sort of like edgier '90s like Image Comics hero like Spawn, but here, the Crow isn't like Spawn. Like yeah, he's from he's brought back to life by you know the supernatural, but he's not. 
intense in like mm-hmm. the spawn sense where he's ripping people apart with chains and he's a badass like he's not made for like a, a teenage boy crowd this is a character that will recite lines of depressing poetry just because that's all that is consuming him is sorrow and grief mm-hmm. so almost every other page that eric draven is on he's just speaking in verse and between each chapter and 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 like I guess they're in chapters, but the big parts between like the the sections, there's big swaths of just poetry. Mm-hmm. So they are really trying to get you in the vibe of how this man is feeling, <laughs> and they do a very good job <laughs> to the point that it's again I had to put it down because well, I was too sad. Well, they manifest his guilt in other ways too. Like there's the scene in there which I think got added into the special edition. Um, where he's on the train and he sees the horse yeah, that yes. gets stuck in the fence. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to like represent like, you know, he's he's watching this this poor creature that's it's stuck and he is helpless to stop it, which is kind of a manifestation of his guilt of what happened to, you know, Shelley. Yeah. And how like, you know, he was helpless to help her. Which we uh, should... I was just there. <laughs> I was just there. Well, and, and truly, I wish that you were sitting over by us so you could just see all the art as it's going through. You could through. just give him the book and he can look crazy, at it. Crazy, crazy. Like, you would think that, no, like, any lesser artist that would do something like no, a noir type story, they're going to use black and whites and just shadows. Like, they're going to use that type of shadow. Like, uh, like a Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Like, they use it to brighten things. Uh, or, it, yeah, or it, another. Uh, Famous black and white comic book, Sin City. Yeah, exactly. Sin City. It looks nothing like this. Yeah, <clears throat> and that, I think that goes to show that you can have a very similar, like, if you were to say this comic book, oh yeah, it's in black and white, that might turn people away, but it's like, no, you have to look at, you just were there, I just saw it. No. Yeah, no, the, the, yeah right there. No, that's that's a different. No, the horse oh, is shit. at the very beginning. Oh, I could have, well, this is a, fuck me then. Well, <laughs> it's right I'm there. Good. Oh, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. And the, Kevin, and, I just read yeah. that part like ten minutes ago. Well, and like I know it's it's not really a it's bad for an audio medium, but you know Google these you know Google stills of this because this is one of those scenes that it's a it's a flashback. So the the entire tone of it is white instead of black, and there's a lot more gray than hard black lines because mm-hmm. that's almost I don't want to be super like theater and an analyst, but this Do is it. almost like. This is almost like when there was a moral gray area. Now it's black and white. There is only vengeance and retribution. There is no... Eric Draven is gone. This is the crow. Mm-hmm. There is no... like Aside from his, you know, the flashbacks in his own brain when he would, like, go... I mean, it's in the movie. That whole scene in the movie when he goes back to his apartment and is remembering everything. And that's when he adopts the, the visage of the crow, that, mm-hmm. that very striking makeup. But before that, there's just confusion until he remembers why he's been brought back and then from there on it is complete like utter you know i can't even think of the word because i'm just looking at all this cool shit like it's just it's all very bleak right the war like Mm -hmm. eric draven's story is not a like a typical tale of, of vengeance because no matter what happens it's not going to end well. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll kill these guys and he'll take revenge and he'll kill Top Dollar, but it won't matter. Mm-hmm. He's stuck here now without his fiance. <laughs> Dan, what are you thinking when you're reading through this? <laughs> this is, it's so intricate for considering they're just two colors. Yeah. 
Like, I think that's what really fascinates me about the art of this book. Yeah. So what's interesting about this this comic book in particular, and I think it's it's, it's a, sort of a testament to the experimentation of the indie comic scene, is that he wrote this almost like a manga-ko would, where it's just like he drew it, and then he put in, like, yes. the, 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 the dialogue bubbles and all that other stuff. So this is all just one guy's vision, so there's, like, nothing he get wrong with the blocking or the writing or anything. This is all, like, his, like pure vision and is considering that it's all like not computers and all of that it's very much i feel like he tried to take like his visual manifestation of his own sorrow and his own guilt and put it down on paper and there's a lot which i could relate to and i I mean you're a writer like me where you know a lot of times when you got so much shit going on in your head you wish you would just draw it you just well for me i just write it out like a lot of my stuff my characters typically like i write a lot in first person yeah or i'll have a character keep a journal for that reason, because then I'll just have like paragraphs of just their own inner monologues, mm-hmm. which is them working through shit, which a lot of time is me working through shit. Yeah. Just being able to put it all out there. Cause yeah, I can't draw, so I can't visually represent, but I'm like, at least I can, you know, write words out to try to explain it. What are we looking at? Oh, he, drew he draws the cat in the hat yeah. from his blood. Yeah, because so that's another thing about Shelley's the crow. The cat in the hat. Is because because the crow is this weird like afterbirth entity that's like half the spirit of vengeance and half uh, you know <laughs> Eric's fractured psyche. There are little bits of like specific memory that come out, but in the weirdest ways, particularly because. You know, as we talk about, the crow is invincible. He's not a, you know... Because he's technically He's he's a dead person that has been Mm -hmm. brought back to life. So, you know, when people attack him, because he can't feel pain, he laughs at it. And he Mm -hmm. he makes humor out of... He almost encourages it at times. He's like, okay, And that's kind of what's both very creepy and darkly sad, Mm -hmm. is that because he can't feel anything, anytime that he should be feeling pain... The only emotion that he can come to mind is to joke about it. Mm-hmm. So there's that bit where we could talk about the joke where he when he goes to kill Fun Boy, and he's like he looks like some kind of jester. He's like, oh yeah, jester, stop me if you've heard this one, and then proceeds to tell this darkly gallows humor type joke. While he's about repeatedly Jesus. getting shot at. Yes, and and all he does when and he gets Fun shot Boy's is just like, is why laugh. don't you fucking die or something? I don't remember. He's just says like, like like why won't you fucking die already yeah. or something. One boy's also die. completely strung out on like what are they doing cocaine or I think they were doing heroin or, heroin or something. Heroin. I don't know. He's strung <laughs> because out because that's on when he goes um, and he he, he not, not freeze he he kind of purifies that woman. Yeah, yeah. The girl's uh, of the girl's her, mother of her, mm-hmm. of her drug abuse, which are like he's got a very strange group of. I know the 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 comic goes further on after this book and they kind of go more into the lore. It kind of does become more like Spawn where. It's more like, it's a title, like, this spirit can choose, like, a specific entity to carry on and do a specific, like, almost like Ghost Rider, actually, mm-hmm. exactly like Ghost Rider. Um, and there are, like, rules that they can and can't do certain things with their powers, or they will, you know, because they're on an earth for a finite amount of time, and anything that they will do that can inhibit their, you know, that can, like, corrupt their, their powers or whatever, it can send them back earlier. Mm-hmm. So, there's a... There's a character later on in the comics where it's almost like a Grim Reaper type character, but he's in like a suit and like he's got like a hat on. He's kind of the, uh, the like 
you know, administrator of the crows, like the, the different crow characters. So, you know, the, he's like, you, you can't use your powers um, for good, or not like for good, but you can't use them this way. Like they need mm-hmm. to be used specifically for this. But even in his vengeance haze, Eric can still surprisingly do good. There are still times that he cares for people, especially in those mm-hmm. little weird. Uh, it, the movie ha- hits on them a lot more, where those Eric parts of him come through, and he feels that compassion and what it was like to be alive. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes him less like just this completely unstoppable, like Michael Myers for the guilty, and more of a person that you can relate to because he can feel sorrow. It's not so much that he feels sorrow, but he's always angry. He feels sorrow because there's sometimes that he remembers what it's like to be sad and remembers mm-hmm. what it's like to be alive. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean more it's a bummer episode because it's yeah. just it's just so viscerally sad. And I mean, if you are a big fan of like this kind of vibe of like this like nineties goth energy, especially with the movie, mm-hmm. I mean, and the soundtrack. I mean, if the Cure and Nine Inch Nails are on something, it's gonna be pretty viscerally sad. <laughs> it's like if Trent Reznor made like a concept comic for Downward Spiral. Like, it's just not gonna be fun. <laughs> Why isn't that a thing, Matt? Fuck you for making that a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Get him on the phone and be like, yo. Make it happen. Call Trent Reznor and be like, are you still super depressed? No? Well, I'm going to call someone who is and we're going to make a concept comic for that album you were. We're going to make it work. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you want to put away your Oscars for a second so we can go back to when you were super sad? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So, I mean, you're probably the least exposed to this before, so I feel like you can encapsulate our audience of what it will be like. So I think that you should really hammer home what you think of this i mean so i think something that just hit something hit the art style home for me is at the back of our copy of the book they have a couple um fully colorized panels of crow Mm. and i think those panels actually do a disservice to the story and the black and white throughout the rest of the book because it's just such a compelling storytelling technique Literally the last two, three yeah, pages. Last, oh, yeah. I mean, and they're still right. rather yeah, dark, but it it looks more like a comic book. Like it yeah. looks more fictional almost. Mm-hmm. Like because of the way that Eric looks, especially in the black and white, it doesn't look so much like a superhero. It almost looks like you know a rock musician, like he used to mm-hmm. be in life. So it's a little bit more plausible because the the line between superhero comic and, you know, a man trying to work through his grief is a lot more blurred because yeah. of the way... I mean, even if it was in color, I think the way that it's written still would be... You know, it would still stand out. It mm. wouldn't be the same. No. Um, especially because of the vibe of how they're trying to <clears throat> paint, like, literally paint the picture. Because you were talking before, I think, Kevin, you were like... That he would write everything out, he would draw everything out, and then would add panels later. So that makes, I mean, makes me think that you would be more of a visual storyteller first. Mm -hmm. Where if you got rid of most of the dialogue, and he was kind of storyboarded. Yeah, exactly. Because he could storyboard it, and you can get rid of the dialogue, and all he would, all like you know, if he just did, you know, him going to kill Tintin, and all he like the only dialogue he had was just a you know. A, a like a box a box text of just 
reciting a specific you know poem or something it would work because you would know exactly what's happening because of the visuals mm -hmm. and you know the the dialogue just makes it a little bit more it brings it to reality so like especially when they're talking about the guys going you know some guys picking up our crew this and that mm -hmm. you know it's just to be like they're scumbags remember that well and the line that as i was just scrolling through it that really hit me was i just saw written in the corner at one point was just I know why Jesus wept. Yeah, dude, this and whole... That, oh, my God. That just struck a nerve in me. It was dude, so intense. This... Okay. His flashbacks just... I, that was what hit the me. The flashbacks like, the, the, what the got me the most. The further you get in the book... Yeah. It's just, like, the more and the more he goes down this path, the more and the more of these guys that he kills, and then his flashbacks just get, like, more and more intense. And I feel like he just gets more distressed yeah. yes. by it. Like, yeah, I'm doing all of this, but it doesn't change the fact that Shelly's still dead. It doesn't yeah. change the fact that I couldn't help her. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, they're all dead, but that that is not going to take this away from me. Danny, I'm it glad sucks. that you brought that up because we're... I mean, truly, this book <laughs> is a superior arts. Like, I love it so much, and I think what it's doing is fantastic. But I think that the average person that would pick it up... Um, might call it cringe parts of it just because of what you said because this is a very much of the 90s when the the goth music scene at least mm -hmm. was just that like that's what it is in a nutshell is it's really cool stuff that also makes you feel yeah like that joke earlier is jesus christ walks into a hotel he ends the innkeeper three nails and says can you put me up for the night <laughs> Which I think is really funny, but like a lot of people are just like, oh, this is so edgy. Like, okay, it's edgy, but like this is before it became like Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, like it, but, <laughs> actually I'm so glad you brought that up. It's actually a perfect <laughs> example because like up until like 2005, or maybe even like 2000, you know, when when there was like a goth thing it wasn't because it was a joke it was because it was a raw emotion and mm -hmm. people picked up on that like there's a lot of the bands that are on the soundtrack in that time like were that like yeah 90s rage against the machine 90s the cure and 90s nine inch nails now if you look at it you're just like ugh, this is very very edge it's like yeah but that was the thing that, like, that was, was the what thing it was in the 90s exactly like, you know. <laughs> well and I am someone that kind of appreciates a little bit of Edge. I think it's fun. Especially stuff like that. Like, I know why Jesus... Like, it's very Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's extremely... Like, that imagery is very intrinsically tied. Like, there's a lot of, like, graveyard imagery. A lot of, like, roses. The, the clown makeup. It's all very, you know, artistically classic of, like, a, of a goth theme. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this is... Like uh, the best spectrum of, of every single facet of it, from the artistic nature of it with the poetry and the literature to all the way to the end, where it's a guy in clown makeup in a trench coat killing guys while saying, like, I wish I still felt something. Like, that's mm -hmm. edgy, but like, it's not the whole thing. Like, it, there are a lot of comics in this time that that was the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that it, it balances that very well and doesn't let you. It almost is like a reprieve. Like, to be like, okay, we don't have to be sad for a second. You can go, hell yeah, that's cool. <laughs> what, Kevin? I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just so fucking, like, yeah, that's just 
true. That's a lot, there's a lot of times that that shit happens. It, yeah. But I mean, it's and it, you know what? It, <laughs> I thought you were still laughing at the Shadow the Hedgehog joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Shadow God. the Hedgehog with the crow makeup on. Oh, stop it. Oh. Stop sure it. It's it's stop somewhere. it. It's Danny, you're a tech guy. Look it up. Oh, Fuck Jesus. What, did what you are you do? doing? Don't break the table. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I hit my elbow on the table. Oh, That's good. how much this makes us feel. <laughs> <laughs> what are we at right now, time-wise? Uh, we're at mm, 32-ish. All right, we could probably cut it pretty soon. But I think that I want each of us to just go and say a specific... Thing that this left us with you being the most recent person i think you should go first it left me with a lot of emotions god damn it <laughs> i'm in a Y'all glass just threw this emotion. at me and i i did i really didn't expect this to hit as much as it did mm-hmm. but i i just don't have words yet i'm just <laughs> in emotion states yes like and i'm very, i'm very similar to that where you know reading it and and Watching the movie, especially with how the movie in real life turned out, it just gives it this extra layer of just sadness. Mm-hmm. But also, it in in that it's I'm gonna be super James Obar for a second. A rose, even though it has thorns, is still beautiful. That's very much what this is. It hurts and it's very bleak, but there's a lot of beauty in it. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I will say. <laughs> Steph, what about you? Um, I mean, kind of going back to what I said, how, you know, the the beauty of being able to use some kind of an art medium to get your own kind of thoughts and your own kind of despairs out there and put them down in a way to help you cope with them and to help, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but... It's a just, good way just, of just, kind of trying know, to move on. Instead of, like, mm-hmm. like instead of just keeping all that guilt and keeping all that pain bottled up inside, finding like a healthy way to get it out there and to, a healthy to way almost to, to cope with it, it. Yeah. exactly. Because then, when people understand what you're going through, it mm-hmm. helps you. I mean, it helps you reach out mm-hmm. because a lot of that is like, well, people say they feel sorry, but they might not understand what it is I'm going through. This might help people. Or on the same wavelength, it's like, you know, I want to help you, but yeah, like, I don't know what you're going through. I have not lost someone like that way. So, you know, I can say I understand your pain, but I don't. Whereas being able to visually see it, it's like, okay, that's what's going on with you. That makes sense to me. You know, I can't relate to that, but I can understand it in a sense. Kevin? This, this is, if you were a fan of, of, comic books especially like if you're a fan of things that aren't superhero comic books i think that this is an important read for you especially if if the independent scene and supernatural like sort of aesthetics are a big thing for you it's important it's heavily innovative for its genre and its medium and i would highly recommend it to anyone who's curious mm-hmm I think you wrapped it up the most concisely. Yeah, that was that was really <laughs> solid. Like, Damn, you know, like here's all the words. Yeah, <laughs> purposely saved him five dollar words in there. No, I didn't. I thought you were gonna be like, it's good. <laughs> it's like, surely that's what at the end of the day, it's like, it's awesome. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, 
hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll uh, figure out what we're going to do about the sequels. Yes, <laughs> catch the next episode where we talk about the Crow Wicked Prayer. And uh, City, and of, Angels, City of Angels. And the other one I don't remember the name of. <laughs> with uh, the kid from Terminator's Judgment Day. That's Wicked Prayer. Oh shit, you're right. With him and David Boreanaz. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, say fucking yeah. angels in sorry, it. Sorry, no. <laughs> the one with Kirsten Dunst is the one. There we go. I don't okay. remember what that one's called. You're the oh, Buffy guy, Danny. You should know which one has Angel in it. I no, did. did. That's what I started. Didn't I didn't know that that one had um, Edward Furlong. Oh, Matt was the one who made the colossal fuck up. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Good well, job. until next time, you stay spooky out there. What that makeup He lies a lifeless bride and groom Till death to us part came far too soon Buildings burn and people die all of the time